from WRKF in Baton Rouge and WWNO in New Orleans, you're listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Karen Henderson. On the show today, after decades of decline, the number of babies born with syphilis is surging across the country, and particularly Louisiana. Samuel Burgess, director of the STD HIV hepatitis program at the Louisiana Department of Health, joins us for more. But first... When Roe v. Wade was overturned in June of 2022, many states had trigger laws that went into effect, banning the procedure almost entirely. This happened in Louisiana, where the state's three clinics providing abortion services were shut down. But now Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast recently expanded services to the D.D. Riley Health Center in Baton Rouge. This follows a similar expansion at the organization's New Orleans Health Center earlier this fall. But the services they can provide are more limited than before. Tamika Thomas-McGee, Director of Clinical Services at Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast, led these projects, and she joins us now. Tamika, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me, Karen. I'm excited to to describe the services that we are offering now. Well, would you do that? Let's start by, give us an overview of what services are provided at the D.D. Riley Health Center and what new services patients here in Baton Rouge can expect to find. Um, So services that Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast offers or annual wellness visits, um, cervical cancer screening tools. We refer patients for um, mammograms, so breast cancer uh, screening. Uh, cancer screenings. We offer all sorts of uh, varieties of birth control, contraception of your choice, uh, pap cytology screenings, HPVs, as well as emergency contraception. SCI screening and treatments, what most people recognize us as, is also included, but we do offer HIV prevention um, as well as offering now NPEP. So any person who's been exposed within 72 hours can come to one of their local Planned Parenthood and receive um, NPEP uh, for HIV prevention. Uh, we do offer gender affirming hormone therapy and in clinic as well as um, via telehealth, uh, as well as some pregnancies, tests and options, as well as uh, vasectomies. Uh, one of the things that we have always off- offered prior to the overturn and of Roe v. Wade with the Louisiana trigger laws is abortion navigators. So because we cannot no abortions are no longer um, available in the state of Louisiana, we had to collaborate to see how can we um, meet pe- meet patients at with their needs. So if we can't perform abortions, we're going to make sure we do everything to prepare you before. So the new services that Baton Rouge is offering now are pre and post abortion care. So we would not only help you to uh, receive that abortion in a legal um, safe medical facility, but we will also take care of you after you return uh, uh, from your abortion. We also are offering um, gestational dating ultrasounds. So if you need to know how far along your pregnancy is, as well as early pregnancy loss management. So we are taking care of patients who may be pregnant and are experiencing some difficulties or symptoms of early pregnancy loss, we get those patients into care uh, at our facilities. And if it's um, something that we can't take care of inside of our clinic, we have trusted community partners that we would uh, refer patients to so that it's a streamlined um, handoff 
uh, where patients feel comfortable and it's, and we know that they will be safe. Now, these services are already being offered in New Orleans. Uh, how have patients at Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast New Orleans Health Clinic responded? Are they using the services as you anticipated they would? Uh, more than what we anticipated that they would. Um, so patients have heard of the news and we started the services uh, to be exact September the 8th of this year. And we have had over a hundred ultrasounds to this date. We offered very limited ultrasounds before. Um, we didn't get, it was mostly first trimester limited dating ultrasounds, um, rather if a person was, you know, came in with a positive pregnancy test. Um, but it wasn't to the extent of early pregnancy loss management and pre and post abortion care. So we have really kicked up the services, uh, to, for lack of better words. So we have enhanced the services and made them more available to um, patients who are pregnant. If they want to receive an abortion, then they know exactly how far along they are and what the expectations are. And then we do get some patients who want to continue pregnancy. But the most important thing is that we can offer it and let them know, especially if they're undecided on how they like to proceed with that uh, pregnancy. We're speaking with Tamika Thomas-McGee, Director of Clinical Services at Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast, about expanded services now being offered at the D.D. Riley Health Center in Baton Rouge. Tamika, after abortion bans went into effect in states across the Gulf South, doctors were hesitant to handle miscarriages for fear of treatment being misconstrued and and prosecuted as abortion. What's involved at PPGC's miscarriage management services? So we actually are able to, if a person comes in uh, reporting that they may be having a miscarriage, uh, we are able to perform an ultrasound to, to actually see what's going on with that pregnancy and if they are at risk for a miscarriage. Um, we, you know, uh, if it's emergency, of course, we're going to refer to emergency for emergency services. But if it's something that we can't take care of in our clinic, we have community partners on standby that we do a streamlined transfer Um patient to um, care so that they can get the services they they need. Maybe it would be like procedural surgeries, uh, procedural management or medication management. Um, If not, what we have been able to do is if a person has a miscarriage, we actually can handle that medication management of the miscarriage and the um, post-care for those patients. So I think people have become more comfortable with um, discerning when a life-saving event, it you know, has to take place. Um, although some providers are still very hesitant. Um, luckily, in Louise, in New Orleans, uh, the mayor as well as the um, chief of police have you know come together and decided that they will not prosecute um, persons who you know seek abortions. But you know, it's always in the back of your mind if I perform this particular procedure, how would it be perceived? You know, will someone come back and and attempt to, you know, criminalize what I've done, even despite being life-saving or saving the patient's life? How has uh, Louisiana's abortion ban affected your organization's work? Well, my particular affiliate, Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast in Louisiana, um, we have never been able to provide abortion care in Louisiana because they never um, 
they never issued a, a, a abortion license. Um, so we were in, you know, litigation with that process. But now, since the overturn of Roe v. Wade, it really has not affected our our um, services because it was something that we never did. Although we hope, you know, to one day. Um, but we are just um, still providing medically accurate information as well as care to patients as we have before. And now we just have to be a little bit more strategic in, in providing what the community really needs, you know? So it's like making sure that we um, really evaluate what is needed by the community and make sure that we, be, we stay focused on what needs to be done. What are you hearing from PBGC's uh, patients about the state's abortion ban and, and how they've been impacted? Uh, patients have experienced an array of feelings. Um, so you have patients who are confused. You have patients who are angry. Um, you have patients who are like, I just need to know what I can do. Um, you have patients who are still, you know, they don't even realize that abortions are banned in Louisiana. Um, so, you know, we get patients from all different um, backgrounds and with all different information, you know, uh, uh, insight on what abortion is. So we sometimes have to break that down for patients and make sure that they are aware of, you know, what your options are. What gaps do you, you think still remain in Louisiana's maternal health care system that, that still need to be filled? And, and is there any plan, a PPGC plan it's always it's always on the forefront of what we can do to expand services within our limits, um, because we know that uh, prior to overturn of Roe v. Wade, when the um, abortions were legal uh, in Louisiana, it was still a gap in black matern maternal mortality as well as morbidity. And that that has even gotten uh, that gap has gotten greater because of the lack of abortion care. Um, because you have patients who, one, don't know what to do. So if they have unhealthy pregnancies, they are usually seeking care when it's, you know, at the gravest time and it, you know, it may cost their life. Um, you have patients who are, you know, uh, illegally, um, you know, thinking of things to do to end, you know, pregnancy. Um, so it, it's, it's, have it's made our uh, maternal mortality rate even greater. Tamika Thomas McGee is director of clinical services at Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast. Tamika, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. From WRKF in Baton Rouge and WWNO in New Orleans, you're listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Karen Henderson. The number of babies born in Louisiana with syphilis for years had been on the decline, but has now surged to the highest number in decades. A report released from the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shows this is a national trend for this bacterial infection that can be deadly for babies. To talk about what's happening and shed some light on why we're seeing this increase, Samuel Burgess, director of the STD HIV hepatitis program at the Louisiana Department of Health, joins us now. Samuel, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. The CDC looked at nationwide data. It found nearly 3,700 babies born with syphilis in 2022, about 11 times the number of babies born with the infection a decade later. 
They didn't look at state-by-state state numbers, though, but the data from the, the Louisiana Department of Health shows that Louisiana makes up an outsized share of those cases, Samuel. Yes, and unfortunately, that that is true. And, um, you know, we, we've experienced a, a disproportionate burden of syphilis and congenital syphilis in Louisiana for several years. Um, and we're Louisiana was responsible for 115 of those congenital syphilis cases uh, that were uh, occurring nationwide that you mentioned in 2022. Um, I, I would also uh, like to point out, though, that that the concerted efforts of our dedicated healthcare providers, OBGYNs, birthing hospitals, and others, as well as our um, public health supports and interventions. Um, did successfully avert about 65% of what could have been additional uh, congenital syphilis cases. So we had 323 pregnant persons diagnosed with syphilis in 2022, and 65% um, uh, of those did not go on to become a congenital syphilis case because they were timely diagnosed and treated. And um, uh, But obviously, we still had our 115 cases. And of course, our goal is to eliminate that to zero. As you mentioned, the data showed 115 newborns with syphilis in 2022 here in Louisiana. And just as a, as a um, comparison, a decade ago, that number was 32 babies. So a decade ago, uh, 32 today, 115. Let's talk about syphilis, what it is, what it does. It's a sexually transmitted disease. What effects does it have on the person infected? And what are the risks for someone uh, who is pregnant? Yeah, and I think that that's a complicating factor when we're talking about syphilis and congenital syphilis, because, you know, generally speaking, syphilis is not a very serious infection for adults when you're treated in a timely fashion. Now, untreated syphilis, certainly, you know, when you go into the to later stages can have significant health uh, impacts on adults. But that generally takes many years to develop. Uh, so you would have to have foregone, you know, screening and treatment for a long time before you would really have um, serious health impacts. But that time frame is very truncated when we're talking about uh, women who are pregnant and, and specifically for the, the impacts on pregnancy and on unborn or newborn babies. And congenital syphilis is is uh, defined, the case definition by the Centers for Disease Control is when a, a pregnant person is diagnosed with syphilis and not treated at least 30 days before delivery. So um, not all of the congenital syphilis cases are babies who actually have syphilis, but uh, they're either babies who were confirmed to have syphilis or whose mothers were not treated at least 30 days before their birth. However, um, some of the very serious impacts can be um, uh, stillbirths, preterm deliveries. There can be considerable uh, birth defects associated. Uh, a lot of complications and problems can occur when we don't uh, diagnose and treat syphilis very quickly during pregnancy. You, you have said that this is treatable. All these negative outcomes could be avoided. How is it detected and, and what's the treatment? So in, in Louisiana, and there are, you know, screening for syphilis is, is a national recommendation during pregnancy for, for pregnant women. Uh, in areas of high burden, 
um, which there are more and more areas of high burden, as you know from the national data, uh, but such as Louisiana and many other places, um, repeat testing during the third trimester is also recommended and in fact is, is codified in our state law. Um, and that's just to ensure that should there be a treatment failure from an initial screening and treatment episode or a potential reinfection, which can occur during the course of pregnancy, that there's still adequate time to identify that syphilis infection and treat it before, you know, serious um, effects of it would be uh, transmitted to the unborn child or, or cause more complications for the pregnancy. So um, that's the reason why we, we re require providers to offer first and third trimester testing for, for syphilis and HIV too, uh, as a matter of fact. We're speaking with Samuel Burgess, director of the STD HIV hepatitis program at the Louisiana Department of Health, about a spike in Louisiana and the number of babies in our state born with syphilis. You were mentioning that, that syphilis is very treatable and can be caught at several stages along pregnancy. What are your thoughts on, on why Louisiana is seeing this spike with, with children being born with syphilis if it's so treatable? Uh, and one of the things that we do at the... Um at the state health department here is we review every single case and, and what we've discovered in 2022 and, and similar trends in the previous several years is that the majority of pregnant persons diagnosed with syphilis, they were participating in adequate prenatal care. So there were opportunities where their syphilis could have been diagnosed and treated in a timely fashion. But we see a lot of missed opportunities in the provision of prenatal care where we really need to do better in, in our healthcare workforce uh, to, to prevent what, it, like you said, is a completely preventable um, condition and, and avoid the serious health outcomes that, that can be associated with it. As a state, providers in Louisiana do a, a pretty good job with birth first trimester screening, but we definitely see big um, gaps in the third trimester uh, screening. And then we also occasionally see where pregnant persons are diagnosed with syphilis, but then there's delays in them being treated. Uh, and so uh, that's the other, I would say, major area. And then thirdly, uh, lack of prenatal care is a contributing factor. But as I said, the majority of our uh, cases involve pregnant um, persons who were in prenatal care. So that is not the driving force, but it but it is uh, uh, probably the third uh, leading uh, contributing factor. And um, of course, we have a lot of um, medically underserved areas in our state and um, a lot of poor areas as well, which certainly contribute to um, the sort of, um, you know, social determinants of health that that are definitely related to syphilis and many other things. You know, Louisiana has been successful in the past in combating this disease. It ranked first among states in terms of the number of babies per capita afflicted with the disease in 2016, but then that dropped to seventh by 2020. What caused the, the progress in, in the past and, and what has changed that we're now seeing this spike? Um, well, so... The change in rates can be a little bit misleading, especially when in the context of, of a nation where you're seeing cases dramatically increase everywhere. Um, but we did see a decline in cases from 2016-17 to 
and uh, you know into like 2019 20 but some of that was also due to um, reduced testing because again of of the onset of the COVID pandemic and and healthcare centers having to prioritize emergent situations so the numbers are still complicated to interpret but what I would say is that the overall trend has been that our cases like I said they fluctuated a bit but um, the overall trend has been one of, of increased cases but not as dramatic an increase as what we are seeing at the national level. And that has resulted in our case rate, uh, which is cases per uh, 100,000 people in the population, right? Um, our case rate has dropped, even though our cases have gone up uh, over the same time period. And that's only a function in this scenario because other jurisdictions have seen more dramatic increases in cases than we have. So their rates are higher, and therefore our rate in ranking has dropped. But um, but you know it's it's complicated data to uh, to wrap your head around given the national context as well as the impacts of the COVID epidemic. What uh, what steps are being taken in response to the increase in rates? Might not be as uh, dramatic as in some places, but it, it it is an increase, a spike here in our state. What's being done in response to that? We have really done some very targeted interventions to try to look at the places where missed opportunities or gaps in care have occurred and then provide additional supports in those areas. So like I said, we do see that there's a lot of our cases that were in prenatal care, but they may have not been screened or treated in the proper time frame. So we have um, a concerted provider awareness and education program. We, um, we do follow up with providers that are involved in congenital syphilis cases when we see those missed opportunities. And again, it's, it's not about a, you know, uh, a shaming or blaming, but it's just to make sure that people are aware of what's happened and where things could have been improved so that we can avoid it in the future. Um, our medical director and state health officer send letters to providers alerting them to these situations. Uh, we also understand that having syphilis treatment, which uh, for pregnant people is a bicillin injection, stocking it can be um, challenging in terms of um, the expiration dates and the cost of the medication. So we've seen that be a barrier. So we have a, a program through the health department where, where we will provide bicillin treatment directly to care providers of, of pregnant um individuals to make sure that that barrier does not does not stand in the way of getting syphilis treated in a timely manner. We also have um, a home uh, observed treatment program where we'll have a public health nurse and a disease intervention specialist can actually bring syphilis treatment directly to a person's home who uh, a pregnant person who is diagnosed with syphilis to ensure that you know if there are barriers like transportation, um, you know, whatever the, the case may be, if that's a preferred option for the individual, we can provide that support. Um, but again, I think we've, we've experienced like, like the rest of the country, some unfortunate setbacks because of, um, the impacts of, uh, the COVID pandemic. Uh, but we're unrelenting in our, our efforts to address this problem in our state and nationwide. Samuel Burgess, the director of the STD HIV Hepatitis Program at the Louisiana Department of Health. Samuel, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for bringing attention to this very important issue.
From WRKF in Baton Rouge and WWNO in New Orleans, you've been listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Karen Henderson. Thanks to our guests, Tamika Thomas-McGee, Director of Clinical Services at Planned Parenthood Gulf Coast, and Samuel Burgess, Director of the STD HIV Hepatitis Program at the Louisiana Department of Health. Our managing producer is Alana Schreiber, and our assistant producer is Aubrey Procell. Our engineer is Garrett Pittman. You can listen to Louisiana Considered Monday through Friday at noon and 7 p.m. It's available on Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. Major support for Louisiana Considered provided by Rouse's Markets, a Louisiana shopping experience, with additional support from the historic New Orleans collection.